Hello, thank you for coming to the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, my partner's Andre Knott. We're at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. We're at A to Z podcast.com, facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at AmericanFireworks.com for helping to make this thing happen. Shouts to you guys for helping it grow. If you're new here, welcome. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we just l- like to give a little disclaimer. We get excited. We venture into mature slash immature subjects, and we sometimes say four-letter words. So if any of that is not for you, if you're in a work environment, or if there are kids around, put on your earbuds or come back and listen to A to Z at another time. We don't script anything on A to Z. We don't know where it's going, Dre. Um, really <laughs> strange week, right? Um, a whole lot going on Correct. in the world, in the strange Cleveland the sports word. world. the word for it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I would say this. I mean, um, you know, just since we knew we had a few minutes here that we were going to be plugged in at a certain time, and it is late Friday morning, early fr- or Friday afternoon, as we finally get to do this, uh, I would say topic one here among Cleveland sports fans, which would be the base of our listeners, would be the trade. And that's, of course, the possibility that the Browns trade for Deshaun Watson after the season. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you ain't no good. <laughs> what did you want to start um, somewhere else? Do do we disagree? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'd rather talk about that. <laughs> Just like the way this week is gone, you gonna piss off everybody. Um, and the hell with them. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, and there's so many things we want to talk about. If the world wasn't so crazy, we probably would have did two podcasts this week because I literally wanted to do an Ohio State podcast, um, and who knows where that'll go. I want to do a Browns podcast. But the Indians figured they would jump in on the mix of uh, this crazy week uh, where 2021 is basically told 2020, hold my beer. Let me see if I can catch up and show you motherfuckers how this world really works. Um, you know, I guess the, the way I've talked about the Lindor trade, and somehow I got people in New York asking, am I getting traded there too? I don't think so. My wife would, uh, says I got to get paid millions of dollars to leave, and even then I can't. Um, you knew it was coming. Like, we all knew it. at some point in time it was coming. And I think somebody asked me this morning on a radio show, um, despite knowing it, that it was coming, was it still a surprise? And yeah, it kind of it was it wasn't, but it was. Matter of fact, we were getting ready to podcast, weren't we? Like like an hour or so, like an hour or so before it happened. I think you and I were texting about podcasting yesterday, and then I was just like, kind of like you were earlier in the week. You were just like, I'm you know, I'm too busy with this. But um, I'll say it like this, and I've said it all day, and I've said it last night. I got a couple things that make it difficult, but the real thing that makes it difficult is that it's like paying taxes, Zach. You know, you're gonna pay them every month, every year. Um, but it doesn't feel any better when you got to pay it, right? You're not you're not surprised that you have to pay it, but you know you have to pay it. Um, this is a little bit like paying taxes when you're a Cleveland Indians fan. Is it right? That's a discussion we can have at any time, any place. Is it new? No. This has been happening in baseball for decades. Um, you know, as I told somebody else yesterday, don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, Lindor did what he, you know, what he want. He wa- I give Lindor this the credit to this always, and I've always told him this. He never lied. He never said he didn't want to get paid what his worth was. He always wanted his worth. Um, and the Indians never lied. They knew they could never pay him his worth. Um, I, I get that people are angry and pissed off or whatever word you want to use. Um, <clears throat> but this is what it is. Like, I, 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 I guess for me, I don't have any emotions towards it. It's not because of my job. It sucks. I'd rather cover, I'd rather cover guys like Francis Lindor. 
<laughs> I can make my job much easier. It's fun to be around guys like that. But at the same time, emotionally, I can't go anywhere because, hell, you know, I watched just like most of you guys. You know, I saw somebody on Twitter say, this is worse than when Manny Ramirez or Jim Tomey left. Not to me. Manny Ramirez was my was the favorite thing I ever had. When he left, it, it crushed me. And I was damn near in college. Um, and I knew it was coming. And, and, you know, and like, and, and our dads could tell us the guys that left and played for the Yankees. So I asked Major League Baseball, do they care about that? I know the, the cool thing to do, all the cool kids are going and, and rallying on the Dolans. This ain't a Dolans problem. This is a Major League Baseball problem. Um, I mean, what? think about this. How can a Major League Sports say that it's set up correctly when a team, and the Indians aren't the only team, other teams have gone through this. I can remember when Kansas City Royals had a great outfielder named Danny Tartable. Remember that name? Mm-hmm. Zach, I had his baseball not. card. Yeah, Danny Tartable came up with the, the Royals, great player. When he came to free agency, he went to the Yankees. And like that was when you and I were like at 19. And I just that was just the name I just pulled out of the top of my, you know, just pulled out of the top of my head. Um, but I would say this to Major League Baseball, and I know you're not listening because hell, you can't even tell us when our season's starting. Um, is that great leadership you got? The Indians drafted a kid in the first round, right out of high school. They helped cultivate him. They, you know, get him to the minor league. They helped the kid, you know, and, they, and the kid did it. I mean, he did his part, too. I'm not taking away from Frank. Um, but they did everything right. That They brought him along. They waited. They waited as long as they could, probably waited longer than they should have, in my opinion, in his opinion. And that always was to be a cross in his neck. He felt like they held him back so they could keep him a little bit longer. Um, true. They did everything right. And they did everything right but winning game seven in 2016. I don't know why I I don't know why you'd want to be an owner in baseball unless you own the Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, and maybe the Angels. Why would you want to be an owner? They did everything right and they had no way in the world of being able to keep him set. Like imagine if you said that in the NFL. Imagine yeah. if you go out in the NFL and you draft you know, you draft Trevor Lawrence. And you bring Trevor Lawrence around, you know, along properly. You do everything right, and then after five, after six seasons, you can't keep him. Would the NFL do that? Would the NFL let that happen? Yeah, no. The NFL uh, has built in. I mean, the Browns bucked the trend in the NFL by being so bad for so long, right? It wasn't supposed to be right. that way. It's supposed to be a constant right. circle of three years in and a year or two down, right? Um, right. Yeah, I would just say this. Like, there was zero surprise. It was just a matter of when, right? Um, yeah. And part of it, you know, those who run the Indians knew. I think there's a thought that part of it was the team was always going to be the Mets, and their part of the waiting was for them to sort out their ownership situation, right? True. Um, yep. You know, the pandemic certainly didn't help. <laughs> uh, no. You know, I don't know. I'm as casual an Indians observer uh, as they can. My only thought would be I I don't – I understand people are going to be upset and where they're going to point the finger. But, like, to me, there's zero element of surprise in this thing. Right. Like, where have you been when you go – you know, the only thing that bothers – I guess the the only – the turning point that I will say for me, I'm 42 years old, almost 43. I get fat, I lose the weight, and get fat again. You guys know how it is. I got to I got to get rid of these cookies that I ate all during Christmas. So I got another piece of equipment down in the basement I'm working out with. 
Um, the only tough part right now is, you know, I got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And, you know, whether it's – no matter – and, and look, my kid – well, yeah, Uncle Z Ed. told Uncle Z told AJ on the last podcast that he ain't seen Frankie no more. So. <laughs> <laughs> he did. The problem is, the problem is you got the wrong kid, wrong player. And as you should have known, AJ's favorite player was Cookie because he likes the name and he likes Cookie and he likes cookies. It makes perfect sense. And so yesterday when this all went down, you know, I was getting ready to podcast with you. I was dealing. I was doing some other work, doing some other stuff that I'm working on for some other things. And then a conference, and as you know, and, and this might happen during this podcast, then you get an email that you've got a conference call that you got to jump on. And then I had a TV show that I was supposed to be doing it. So as that was happening, and I, Jen knew what was going on, she was working, and the kids were like doing school, and they were having lunch. And she texted me from the room over, and she was like, um, "Should I tell the kids about the trade, or do you want to tell them? Like, how are we going to have this conversation with them, Jack? I've never had to do that." Like it was, you know what I mean? Like I'm sitting, I'm listening to Chris Antonetti talk. I'm taking notes from that. I'm writing down stuff that I'm going to want for later on. Um, that I want to send my producer. And then my wife sends me that and I'm in a trance. Like, okay, how do I tell the, how do I explain this? Because explaining it to you and I, and explaining it to someone that listens to this podcast, for the most part, whether, no matter how, whether they got an education on Facebook or they got an education at the local public school, they should have some idea and understanding of free agency and, 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 and things of that nature. Right. But how do I break down to my eight year old who's, who, who has a Francisco Lindor bobblehead right next to her bed and had one next to her bed for the last two years who, you know, when Frankie saw smiled and said, Hey, what's up, Bella? And Bella could say, Hey, I don't like your hair blue. Um, you know, he drew bubble gum, you know, like the, the only baseball game my kids went to in 2020, the last thing we did was in Arizona and we sat front row, and they did it because AJ and Bella wanted to yell at Frankie and Jose. Um, that was the only part that got the emotion out of me because it took me away from being a reporter, took me away from being a fan. I just had to be a dad. And being the dick that I am, as you know, I, you know, after Isabella actually took it better than AJ, which was eye-opening, uh, probably because we we kind of prepped her on, you know, Frankie's not going to be here forever. We told him when she put the bobblehead in the room, we're like, ah, eh, Frankie's not going to be an Indian, you know, forever. And so she was like, okay. She goes, I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody else I really like. And AJ was just like, really? Cookie? No more cookie? And I was like, well, he'll be around, just not with us. And he was just like, why? And it stuck me. He's like, how do I tell a six-year-old? Well, the way baseball works, they're saving money, son. And I might do the same thing if you keep eating all my damn cookies. <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's odd. And at the end, I told him, well, welcome to be, it's just kind of like, the story you told about the jersey, about the Naquin jersey. It's the same It's the same story. It's like, welcome to being a Cleveland, Cleveland sports fan, kids. Yeah. It's well, now legit. You're emotionally, you're emotionally in. I'd prefer to talk about two teams that have never had issues paying players, and that's Ohio State and Alabama. Can we pull up tweets from Nick Saban's daughters to start this? <laughs> yeah, I mean – you know, I, I hate when that shit happens, right? Um, look, the, the, it's it's a really interesting game. Um, the state of college football, oh, and going back really five weeks now, right? There's been a lot of bitching. But college football continues to thrive, you know? Um, is it ideal Dre, that there's three and a half teams every year that can realistically win it? They get all the players. They drive all of everything. 
Um, no. Is the game still good? Yes. Are lots of people yeah. are lots of people making money? Is the game growing? Is the game on TV? Kids everywhere still wanting these scholarships and wanting to play, even at the other 126 schools. Yeah. Um, the reality is, when it comes to this, I love Luke Fickle. I love Marcus Freeman. I love the whole story. Cincinnati does not belong in the college football playoff. Uh, a six-team uh, playoff, an eight-team playoff, a four-team playoff. They don't belong. They don't. What, what you, what Alabama you, what would beat them by them? 50 fucking points. Probably. There'd be no interest Probably. in the so game. What? There'd be no, no nothing gained from that for either side. All right, let me, play, let me play the other side. What is the difference of what they did to Notre Dame? Somebody got to be them. Somebody's got to be that fourth. Well, team. right. No. That, that... Who else is playing? Who else is playing with Alabama? See, I think that's a bad example. I mean, Alabama. It, it, you're right, but I'm, I'm going to do this argument. No, that, that that's fine. Alabama, like, who else could have been there? And I'll say this: I'll say this. Cincinnati probably should have beat Georgia. Yeah. Did you? you right. I mean, definitely. You, you they they made a tactical error. They made an all-time strategy fuck up. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And just a year ago, we were saying Georgia was one of the teams that could compete with Alabama. You know, and I know every year is different. I, I mean, what are we going to do? It's basically the Alabama. I said this a couple podcasts ago. It's basically the Alabama Ohio State Clemson Invitational right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you want to generate more money and, and possibly have it, the thing is this: football, unlike basketball, you can't have a Cinderella. There's going to be no tenth, you know. There's going to be no Villanova in the what '86 or '80, whatever year that was. You know, there's not going to be a ten seed that's going to come <laughs> storm it out in Cinderella and win the NCAA football title. Is what you're saying? Yes, there. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Michigan can't win the title. Texas can't win the title. So Cincinnati sure as shit ain't winning the title. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, getting to the game, because I really, that's where I meant to go. I didn't even mean, mean to go there, but I, right. I guess my, my thoughts have, have festered for a week. Um, you know, the game has changed, and Nick Saban admitted that he had problems with this at first, but it's going to take at least 35, 38 points to win this game. And if it's 35, 28 at halftime, a lot of people aren't going to be stunned. Right. Um, Alabama. I I don't know what to think of Mac Jones as an NFL prospect, but he's surrounded by really good players and really good coaches. He gets the ball out of his hand quickly. He distributes it. Well, he doesn't turn it over and they explode and they might be getting jailed. Um, He's got he's got the he's got the second or third best receiving core in all of football. Yes, and I ain't talking yes. college. I'm it it might be getting Jalen Waddle back. Um, right. Ohio State. You know who knows where Fields is with the ribs and and obviously running as a part of his game. But they showed last week that you know they they had dealt with their different adversities. They didn't have Olave in the Big Ten title game. You know that goes to the whole Browns thing versus what's a real excuse, what's making an excuse, right? Um, it came out and they crushed them. A, a really good team with a bunch of NFL players, including the number one pick in the draft. Uh, can they win this game? Sure. Uh, is their secondary really up against it, against those receivers you just mentioned? And a really good running back and a really good coaching staff? Yes. Uh, I think the world of Ryan Day, I know why the NFL is interested in him. I know why he continues to recruit five-star after five-star and turn them into this kind of team. I'm really looking forward to the game. 
I wish it wasn't on Monday night at 8 o'clock. I think that's an egregious miss and an unnecessary thing by a lot of people. All right, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You already have your mind set up on when you went to Super Bowl. So why don't you do the Chamber of Conference of Football Championship, Zach Jackson. <laughs> well, tell us when the listen, for us to see the last college football game of the year. Which I don't there. have much to give to this world, right? <laughs> We've, we've established that. I'm, I'm good at a right. few things, and you can name them all on your short, stubby little fingers right now. You can count them on <laughs> one hand, right? I'm on my way. Yes, yes, yes. But consuming, watching, and understanding TV sports makes that list, right? And while the Super Bowl should be on Saturday, the college football national championship game should be on a Friday night, right? It should certainly, mm. certainly not be on a Monday jammed into an end of a weekend where people are hungover. I mean, like I've actually kind of liked it the last couple of years when Ohio state hasn't been in. Um, but of like my friends that I've talked to that I talk to all the time that I interact with, or at least used to before we were shutting our houses for 10 months. Like <laughs> it's hard, right? Um, it's, it's really difficult to care to get into the whole national championship game. Uh, it doesn't need yeah. to be this way. Um, look, well, I know you can't Saturday, drag it okay. all the way through January because the best players have to get on with their lives. And there is this whole facade that these guys are student athletes and all of that shit. But there is no reason that you can't use next week for the buildup and play the game at 830 on Friday Eastern time on Friday night and let more people watch it and maximize the window. That you got, whereas well, here it's just brushed under everything. It's stupid. It's well, short-sighted. Well, Manchester educated, Mr. Jackson, I got to tell you, Friday night primetime is one of the worst and least watched times on television throughout America. I'm aware of this. So much so, this Friday at 8 o'clock, Andre Knott will be on Sports Time Ohio doing the Red Zone show that nobody will be watching. Two nobody. Ab- not even Donnie and fucking Painesville will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, think he's in, I think he's still trying to get back from Washington. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I would say a Saturday night would be the best time for me. But your brethren, your big brother of the NFL, has taken over Saturday with their three wild, their super, excuse me, super duper wild card games. Saturday to me is the best time. Seven o'clock. I don't need eight o'clock kickoff. I know we should worry about our brethren out in the West Coast, but seven o'clock on a Saturday would be the perfect time for that game, in my opinion. You're right, but the NFL is not going to allow that. I'm just saying it's too jammed in, Dre. It's the way they have to do it, scheduling the playoff every year, and and the way they've watered down January 1, I get it, because there's more TV inventory to go around. But it's here, and it's gone, and they generate no excitement for it, and then they put it on a night when people have football hangovers and real life hangovers. It's just not... Yeah, but you know... but. But I but just they're still gonna watch it Monday. See, and I think I think what we're going off of, I, your your logic doesn't is not off, but the logic that they go off of these. T- I mean, you've said this. It's one of our it's one of our rules. Follow the money. Monday night you can generate you can generate more money in, in ad in ads and ad times on Monday night at eight o'clock than you can on Friday night at eight o'clock or Saturday for the most part. Okay, it's and still both, it's still the national agree. title game, however, right? What? Yeah. Next Wednesday, ESPN is going to show, like, the Celtics in the heat. And nobody is going to give a shit. 
right? No. Next Thursday, ESPN is going to be begging for some kid to do a 360 dunk in the UMass game so it can fill 35 seconds of Sports Center, right? Yeah. They could be on site all week at the national championship game, hyping it up, driving that number up and making more money for the next year when it's on Friday night again. I, I'm not against it. I'm just telling you how it works. I, and I know and traditionally Friday night is not good, but you talk about once a year and you establish it that there's not one person that says, right. boy, this Monday night is great. I love it. You make it special. I don't, you know what? See, I don't mind it, but like I, I, I stay up later. I don't care. I never thought about it until we started having the conversation, to be honest, because really we're at the, we're at the mercy of the, of the college football. It's like anything else in life. We're at the mercy of it. Even if you're, what you're like your Super Bowl theory and we can wait and when the Super Bowl should be played, you're dead on on that. Like the Super Bowl one, you're dead on. I, I'm a wholeheartedly 3000% agree with how the Super Bowl should go. This one, I, I just, it's a money grab. And by the way, it's like the whole bowl system. If we want to do this the right way, and you know this and I know this, I have nothing against the bowls. I'm glad that they still have the bowls because, you know, college kids deserve, they, they deserve, they deserve to have it. They, it's, it's a great, you know, we can, we can talk about financially what it does for the conferences and what it does for the schools. You can talk about what it does for the next year for the school, for the young guys that get to practice and play. Hell, I'm trying, what was the game that I watched and, and all the, the, the guys that left and all the younger guys came in and brought it? Um, gosh, it was, a, it was a late night game. And then when I think of it, was it last Saturday night? doesn't matter. But there is something to all of that. But there is a way you can play all those bowls and you don't got to play them on January 1st, Zach. Like you, get, like, you get, like, you can space it out and just make it, hey, this, the first weekend after the, after the first, we're going to do the Rose Bowl. This, like they try to sell this pageantry still. Of you know, and obviously with with just how our world is right now, nobody nobody's buying into the pageantry of shit. <laughs> there wasn't even a Rose Bowl parade. Um, there to me, I would rather prefer. I know it's the, the national championship game. I would like to run up, and I would like NCA to have give me two, give me a game, give me a game on Saturday afternoon that leads into the national championship game. Give me the give me the three four teams playing at four o'clock. You know, give me the two teams that lost to the two teams that are playing in the championship game. Give me a toilet bowl. Well, there time. are circumstances where they've had late bowl games, and it has been Kent State, South Alabama. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The calendar didn't allow that this year. We don't need to spend any more time on it. Look, it's going to be a great no, football no. game. Um, Let me oh, ask you this. Let me ask you something okay. before we move on. i got to ask you this. Which matchup are you looking forward to most? I'm going to give a couple of things why Ohio State has a chance. Ohio State has a chance because Alabama center is hurt now. He's been there like four years, and he's really good. And the best part of Ohio State football has been their defensive line. I know it's not sexy, but they kick. They, the reason they're playing in this game, the people that barely watched it and people that were flying back from Miami and didn't watch it, it was real simple. Ohio State kicked Clemson's butt on the, on the, on the line of scrimmage. They kicked their butt on the defensive line. Um, the kid that got shot in the face uh, just a couple months ago, you would never know it. He's been phenomenal. Um, it's the weirdest Ohio State year ever because you, I know names, but I don't know every name like I used to. Um, but I can tell you, they got some boys up front that are pushing and pulling. The only way you beat Alabama, we can talk about all those stars and all those different things, is you have to win the line of scrimmage. Not many teams can do it. Can Ohio State push them around like they did when Ezekiel Elliott went nuts against them a couple of years ago is what it's going to come down to. And can they keep that? Because Alabama's changed and evolved a little bit since they lost to Ohio State, and they can throw the ball a little bit. He's got these unbelievable wide receivers. Um, I don't know what you play coverage-wise because, Sean Wade, I'm not here to kill you. I, I hope you make, you're going to get your money, whether it's second round, first round, whatever. 
as I continue telling Zach and I continue telling other people that, that complain about him, yeah, he's probably not. He's not Deion Sanders. He's not Charles Woodson. He's not, you name the, the, the top corners in football. He's most likely best suited to play uh, inside, and that's okay because, as I tell Zach, Buster Screen has made about $50 million. He did. a really good slot. That's a hell of a statement right there, but it is. It, it's true. It Mom's really teach your sons to be slot cornerbacks. <laughs> right. Put and the basketball are. down. <laughs> yes. There ain't no six foot power forwards, fool. Quit playing travel baseball. Your kid sucks. Teach him to be a slot corner. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Teach him to be a slot corner. They can make a lot of money. I saw Buster Screen chasing somebody down last week, and I just chuckled to myself. But he'll be on TV this weekend. He's with the Bears. Is he with the Bears? Yeah, he's with the Bears. Um, But I'll ask you this. I, I, I think Ohio State will be able to move the ball a little bit. I don't know if they'll be able to run it on him. But the cornerbacks for Ohio for Alabama, you talked about Alave. Alave is a special talent. Not that but he obviously just runs the perfect. Because I, I can't tell you one. Like if I asked you what's Chris Alave's best trait, what would you say? Route running. Is it route running? Right. And it, yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I don't think it's top end speed. Not saying he's slow. He's got good hands. But I think it is route running. And he's going to go against Patrick Sertain the third which I think is going to be a tremendous match. Like, to me, that's one of those matchups. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll probably – that's one of the matchups you watch, right, Zach? And the other corner for Alabama is pretty damn good, too. But Olave versus Patrick Sertain, if Olave gets shut down, and we saw this when Olave didn't play, right? The offense for Ohio State, and I'm not saying he's the key figure of the Ohio State offense, but when Justin Fields is looking, he's looking for Olave most of the time. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um so if Sir Tank can take him out, and I know Wilson's a good player, and Wilson will be interesting. Um, and I'll say this, and you can take it from wherever you want. Justin Fields wanted, was so gutsy in that Clemson game. I And people aren't going to like this. I'm not sure he could should have kept playing. And I'll admit something. As a father, I look at the game so much differently than I did as a guy that didn't have kids or a guy. And I had people attacking me on Twitter and saying different stuff. Um, man, I've been on these sidelines as a player, as a as a as a reporter, uh, you, you, whatever you want to call it. I've, I've been there, and I know what you're willing to say and what you're willing to do when you want to play, whether you're 19 years old or whether you're 29 years old. Um, if I was Chris Fields' dad, I don't know if I would want him kept kept playing with what I saw the other. And I don't know what was hurt on him. You know, if if he, if it was just a bruise, okay, if it's just a bruise, I don't know the injury. But I know when I saw him Winston, and I know how he was acting afterwards, and I know usually how they make pain go away. I don't know if I want my 2021, 20, 22-year-old son going through that, knowing what the rest of life is like. Because for everybody else that's watching, it's easy to say, well, he's going to make a ton of money, this and that. I've never thought this way, and I even talked to my dad about it. Chris, Chris, or Chris Fields. <laughs> Fields is one thing. 98% of these other guys don't make it to the NFL or don't have long careers. And taking shots and taking painkillers and shit like that and the things that people take at certain times. Um, most of the guys I know that did that stuff and played during that stuff that you don't know their names, they're just faceless names that you played on NCAA uh, football with, they would probably never do that shit ever again if they had their choice, if they had the chances, if they knew what they knew today is all I'll say. Yeah. Um, it was, it's Haskell Garrett, the defensive lineman, who got shot in the face. Yes. Yeah. And I'll ask you to hold that thought for one reason as we transition here to the Browns. Um, 
the Browns faced a difficult task at full strength. I mean, guys, they, they've won in Heinz Field one time. It opened in 2001, right? The Steelers didn't play their guys last week. Um, like, difficult but not impossible if the Browns had all their dudes to go in there. They've lost their head coach. They've lost their Pro Bowl guard. They've lost their best safety. We don't know on their best corner. They haven't practiced all week. Um, seven guys, all regulars on the COVID list. Five of them, four or five of them eligible to come off, although we, we don't know because they got to test out and they got to be ready physically and mentally to play, which <clears throat> we don't know. Um, and if Denzel comes off, it'd be Sunday morning and no practice, although nobody's had any practice. The head coach is the play caller. The head coach has been the driving force in getting guys to step up. It's a team that's carried itself with a level of maturity and focus um, that we didn't see in previous Browns teams. It's maximized its talents. It's developed an identity. Went all year and only lost one game. It really shouldn't have. That's understated, but it's important, right? I don't know if they're as mm -hmm. good as the Steelers. They certainly earned their way in. Um, this is unfair. The guy got shot in the face. Like, you can't say that enough, right? <laughs> you don't have your head coach. For the playoffs, the guy who calls the plays, who's opened at various times, various doors to this offense, which has given you a chance because your defense doesn't have a chance. The defense stinks. The defense now doesn't have Olivier Vernon or Ronnie Harrison. Again, it was already questionable at full strength. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not being negative. I'm telling you the facts. You don't have your head coach. You don't have one of the most important parts of the strongest part of your team, the offensive line, which drives everything. You have to go beat the Pittsburgh Steelers who had Cam Hayward and TJ Watt sitting on their couch watching last week, getting ready to come in and play this game. It's not fair. It's not going to get canceled. So we talk on A to Z all the time, right, Dre, about meeting in the middle. Yep. It's ridiculously unfair. <laughs> There's no moving the game. And even if there was, to you guys that want to continue to insist in why, Stefanski and Joel Batonio would not be eligible until next Friday at the earliest. It's not realistic. The Browns have to go play. The only thing they have going for them is this us against the world, nothing to lose shit, and I don't know how far that can carry you. You know, I don't know what that matters. I, I know the offense can still play well. I know that Miles um, Garrett can dominate Alejandro Villanueva. I know he can. Will he? You know, I don't know. Without Olivier Vernon on the other side, especially if the Steelers get the lead early, I think they just sit two tight ends outside of the tackle and, and let other other people yep. beat them all day, right? Throw one-on-one -on -one deep balls yep. to Chase Claypool all day. Throw to Juju over the middle all day long. All day long. So all day. The, the Browns have had a great run. Uh, I don't know why this was construed as a, as a wildly hot take earlier in the week when someone said it. They're up against it. And so, yes – the great players, the Nick Chubbs and the Miles Garretts and potentially the Denzel Wards, give them a chance. There have been many, many times the Browns have busted over to Heinz Field and haven't had a fucking chance. This isn't one of them. Most of the time. Yes. But what, what their chance was, wherever you want to debate what that percentage was, it has been cut in half. It has been cut by 80% of whatever that was by the circumstances. It's Friday at 1230. The Browns haven't practiced yet. They still have they two more testing days. Right? right, like, I, well, let me let me. Well, I gotta ask this, and I'm asking this for people that are driving around in their cars or working out or whatever you do with the A to Z. We appreciate you, 
Um, you do mean something to us, even the ones that talk shit about us, even the ones that tell me or post that Zach's book sucks. <laughs> the best thing of Christmas break <laughs> that I saw. But how in the world can the NFL look themselves in the mirror and say this is fair? You just told me one of the teams has practiced once in two weeks. Their head coaches are going to be there. It's Friday at noon. They haven't practiced all week. The quarterback hasn't thrown the ball since Sunday when they walked off the field and he ran the Maserati. What are they doing? Like, what are they accomplishing? I mean, what do they expect to see out that field? They don't. What the NFL is saying. Hey, and shout out. Tip of the hat to J.C. Trump. Um, I say that because I'm glad that he stepped up to the podium. He has been the per- you know the NFL the NFL owners are going to hate having him as the players represent as the players president because he's honest he's smart he's smarter than them knows how to state it and then he goes out and plays hurt and, and busts his ass he's right about the, they, they don't need all these extra practices the game for the most part has been better uh, not better but the game's been the game right no one mm-hmm. is no one is have you been sitting at a game or watching a game this year NFL game going man they really needed OTAs this year <laughs> like man they really needed mini camp now maybe earlier in the season. A little bit. But for the last month, month and a half, the games have been smooth. Yeah. But my, my problem that I have right now, though, Zach, is that, and this goes back to the TV thing, the money thing. Look, the NFL wanted the Steelers-Browns game to be the game. That's why it's at 8 o'clock on Sunday night. They've done all of that. But there's no way in the world that this is in any way, shape, or form fair. And I know life's not fair, right? That's what I didn't tell my kids about a trade of baseball players less than 24 hours, 24 hours ago. But this is a joke. This is a mockery of, of sportsmanship of the game. And I don't blame the Steelers. I don't blame them at all. But this is a joke. They haven't practiced. The quarterback hasn't thrown a ball. They haven't been in the what, lift, what Dre. Like, right. Yeah. Look, this week, I, I just read about this this morning. Three practice days is a standard NFL week. You know, sometimes you do more, sometimes you do less. A walkthrough is generally the fourth day, but it's it's three practice days. And that'd be two practices of, say, hour and 45, one of hour 15 to hour 25. Um, one at most in pads. As the season goes on, you know, more like three in shells, certainly two in shells every week. Right. The Colts right. did two walkthroughs because they just said, we're here. You know, we don't – like, it's not like the Browns will be physically exerting themselves. And if you miss one practice, you might benefit from that, especially in terms of getting your legs and the Browns, who were going to have a natural hangover from playing a playoff game last week, getting to celebrate it, right, and then having to reel themselves right. back in. But when you're talking Friday afternoon and Baker Mayfield's at his kitchen table the way I am at mine right now. Right, right. <laughs> You know, right? And people say, "Well, there's no right. way he hasn't touched the football all week." Well, first of all, he said he did. I don't know. I don't know what it matters. I mean, the point is, I don't think these guys are going out and getting together somewhere because the NFL is watching. Well, and, not only that, the virus is going around so bad around them; they're probably afraid to be around each other. No, and, and and they should be. I mean, we've watched this go. We've watched this go from two weeks ago tomorrow, one player testing positive, to the season coming off the rails. Right. Well, the NFL keeps telling us that it's not the virus isn't in the building. I find it to be. I mean, we're not doctors. We don't stay in holiday inns. But I stand by that. I, I was saying it a week ago. I'm saying it a week later, and nothing's gotten better. There's no way in the world. I know the. I know they've got all these doctors, and I know there's 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 Browns fans that follow me on Twitter that that that, that break it down. They must. They, who is the doctor? Gosh, I got to think of it. I've already ruined it. It would have been funny if I would have said it. 
Uh, I got a bunch of Doogie Hausers. Thanks, Doogie Hauser. You you got a fifty. You went to school to your fourth grade, and all of a sudden you can tell me how the virus isn't in the building. It's in the building, Zach. I don't care what they tell me. Yes, it's there. It used to be. We used to be afraid to go to Berea because everybody was afraid they were going to get a staph infection. Now you're afraid to get COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So look. Again, the game is going to be played. Still going to be a marquee, memorable game, and it's still a chance for the Browns to really go on. But I just think these circumstances, I think we'll always remember the circumstances. And I'd gladly be wrong. But I think we'll always remember the circumstances more than anything else. And there's no way that anyone can tell you that it's fair. But there's also, short of 20 more positive tests, and again, maybe that's coming, (laughs) the game's not getting moved. The game has to be played. Well, I, can I, let me say this. I, I mean, like you said, you got to take the us against the world approach. Nobody expected us to win 11 games. No one expected us to be here. I mean, that, you know, it's the greatest approach in sports history. It's always been there, right? So they should take that. And I think the hard thing I have in, in doing seasons and talking about seasons, well, usually we don't have to worry about this because usually the season's over and we can just trash them and you're looking for a new head coach and GM and, and all that other stuff and a quarterback. How and, I, and it's not your job to do it today, but there is something special about what happened this year for the Cleveland Browns organization. And this ending, and you and I, we, we you know, we've had our running jokes about, you know, December and Berea and this and that. And little Mikey made it January and, and Berea, which was pretty good, uh, pretty quick. I want to give them a legit write-off to the 2020 season. And this last two weeks, three weeks is going to make it difficult, Zach. And it shouldn't, but it does. You know, like you know, like how do you celebrate this team finally breaking through? You celebrate them finally, maybe finding their quarterback. You find them finally finding an offensive identity, finding a head coach um, who wasn't worried about getting TV artworks, T-shirts on, and eating more candy and drinking more beer than Andre not, but also can put an offense together and, and, and taking care of players and. Losing a star like OBJ and the offense still finding its way and clicking. Um, defensively, I can't give nobody any credit except Miles. Um, <laughs> and that defense is going to be hard to watch on Saturday or Sunday. Um, I just think that it's unfortunate that so many of the stories as we walk away from the season. And I'm not saying they're going to lose on Sunday, but they 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 are they're up against them. They're up against it. Um, and I was I was saying that on Sunday when they walked off the field against. The Steelers. Two teams um, jogged off that field happy as hell. Yes. The Steelers walked. See, that's what I – and I, I, I didn't want to tweet it or say something like that, but I know Steelers fans and different people around the Steelers, they were extremely happy with what happened on Sunday. Yeah. And as Browns fans were talking, you know, enjoying it and loving it and thinking they had a chance to go to – I'm going to sit Three Rivers. to go to Hines. The Steelers, like, I wanted to say, do you guys know – did you just watch their JV team take you down to the last few minutes, last few seconds of the game? They feel like they're right where they need to be. Now, the question, like, one of the conversations I thought we would have this week, but we couldn't even celebrate this or enjoy this for 24 hours, is, is Stefanski playing chess and not checkers with his play calls last week. Like, how do you only get four right. carries? Well, yeah, like, I, I think, Jerry, I think you could make the argument something? that the offense What's totally that? lost its way the last two games. And, and obviously the because circumstances. Because yeah. they have an offensive line. When you, when you zone block, you don't have to beat the shit out of everybody every day, but you got to at least, you have to function as one. 
And you can tell that offensive line hasn't gelled. That the gel they had when they were going good, Zach, that's out the door because they haven't practiced. Right. You can see and, it. And you have to gel in live speed reps, too. You have to go out right. and miss the guy to know that you, that's the one you have to hit, right? Like, right, right. You have to actually get the get the blitz where they try to get two guys after the same one, right, to know how to pick yes. it up sometimes. Right. right? Yeah, you got two guys blitzing the A-gap. you got to be able to, the guard and the center have to be able to, to communicate and keep their bodies in the same way so they can communicate and taking care of the A-gap and having the B-gap still covered. Now, we, you can do all the Zooms. You, you can do all the Zooms you want. That You can't do that in a Zoom call. No, you're right. And I said right away, I said losing an offensive lineman, the way this line has played and the importance of this line to the run game, to the to everything. This, this line has been yeah. everything. You know, obviously guys have stepped up in the past game has opened up in the second half of the year. But the numbers, when Teller's in and Teller's out, tell the story, right? Yeah. Um, in Pittsburgh's front. Look, Dre, you named them all. How will you re- how will you remember this Browns season? How will you celebrate this Browns season? It is a return to respectability. It is a turn to relevance. You you ended the longest playoff drought in the league, one that was eight years longer than the next, right? Right. Um, I I won't argue with anything when you ran down that list. I would say, you know, it, at the end of this year, you got two straight playoff games against your rival. So many of you still believe that Tony Grossi is your rival. He's not. The Pittsburgh Steelers are supposed to be your rival. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers right. are an aging team. This carnation of the Steelers is done. They have major cap issues. They have major questions, right? This is their run. One game, three yeah. games, somewhere in between. They're done. The Browns are going to pass them. Yeah. You know, the Steelers' track record says they'll be back, but they're done. Maybe. The major things the Browns have to answer, which are totally different questions than they've answered because it's about staying good and getting better and refining rather than rebuilding, retooling. You know, what do you do? How do you diagnose your biggest needs? All of that stuff is going to be different. I mean, they haven't won anything yet, right? But they've arrived and they've earned this. They did not back in to the playoffs. They almost got backed out of the playoffs despite winning 11 games. It was not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the. All you could ask for is a one-and-in situation. It didn't have to be perfect. It wasn't. They won the game. All good vibes on the Browns. I just think the vibes now are terrible, and I will be stunned if if the Browns put forth an effort that gives them a chance to win in the fourth quarter this week because I just I, – I don't – I see very few cases outside of a Chubb 220-yard day and a Miles four-sack, two-strip sack day that allow them to yeah. keep it close. They don't have the personnel – to cover these receivers. Right. They don't have their offensive line oh. to move this front and keep them at bay. And they don't have the timing and their fucking head coach to set up the shots that oh. you're going to need to set up. I, I just right. see, I just see Cam Hayward and Micah Fitzpatrick dancing. That's how I picture Sunday night. I do too. I, the only way I, I was on, I don't know where I've been on. Some, I've done so many interviews and talked about this game so much. Um, the only, and somebody was like, well, give me a chance. How could it work? They're going to have to get. They're going to have to intercept. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to look like he's my age. You're going to have to get points from your defense and from special teams. Um, and then you have to hope that whoever's playing left guard can deal with, you know, like somebody, like they have any, and, and not having Bill Canahan with last week is huge. Is he allowed back? Uh, who'd you say? Yeah, Bill Canahan. Uh, um, I don't believe so, but I don't know that. 
because the, the coaches don't go I mean, on an actual huge. list. Um, right. But, but that's huge. That's, reading, yeah, no, it's huge. Reading the tea leaves tells me no, Dre, but I, I don't know that answer right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, and like, so you got a guy that's going to play left guard that probably has never played there before, and you're going to put him in a playoff game, and you're going to put two of the strongest, two of one of the strongest guys in the NFL. You know, like, like that whole situation is just bad at left guard. It's just bad. And, and you don't have the coaches to kind of fill it, figure it out or do something different or how to double team. Um, because the, the goal would be you get a pick six, you win the turnover battle, and then you give the ball to Chubb and Hunt 40 times and just milk the clock, right? Like, that's your only chance to me right now. I mean, here, I'll take it a step further. Who's the second wide receiver this week, Zach? Well, it's Jarvis and Higgins are available, but you don't have a third. Oh, I forgot. Hollywood is drag racing. He'll be probably. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Oh, right. Who's the, third? Well, Who's the third receiver? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> I can't sit here and say that the Steelers would never deal with that because they dealt with Antonio Brown for a lot of years, right? Um, Wait, 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 wait. Are we comparing Hollywood, Berea, Higgins to... No, no, I'm comparing... I'm comparing that happening in a playoff week during a pandemic. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There is a certain maturity and focus which the Browns carried themselves with for much of the year, Right? And it and it certainly helped them get here. I just lay it out like this. Do I think Jarvis can have 11 catches, which is I think is how many he had the last time he played in the playoffs in Pittsburgh? Yes. Do I think Miles can have three sacks? Yes. Do I think Nick Chubb and Kareem can combine for a Nick Chubb and Kareem superhuman game? Yes. Do I think all three of those things can happen? And do I think they need to for it to end? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can this defense hold the Steelers under 27 points? Right, right. They're not going to. And I'm glad. The funny, let me let me bring up the Steelers in their last hurrah because it is. You're right. Um, and in saying that, and I'm going to say something sacrilegious in Northeast Ohio. I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a run. And they're not the same. Their offensive line is not. Look, the Browns would have had a chance if they if, and, and Olivia not having Olivier is huge too. Huge because Ob they they needed Ob in this game because as you said the left tackle for the Steelers just he's lost it. They, their offensive line is, is not very good. That's where the Browns would have to win. That defensive line for the Browns, and, it, and you could. But like you said, they don't got anybody to cover those four receivers. And, and, like, and, and that defense is going to be it's going to be humming come Sunday because they gave those guys they gave Watt a night off, gave Watt a week off, Hayward. But I think they got to run on them because, like you just said, we've seen it before. We've seen worse teams go on runs when they know this is their last to rock. Hey, the New Orleans Saints got the same thing going over on the NFC side of things. Because Drew Brees, this is it for Drew Brees, right? Mm-hmm. And the way they've done money and everything else, I don't know if they can keep that team completely together. But they, you know, this is going to be their run, and they're going to go for it. Um, I wish there was better circumstances for the Browns. Browns fans deserve, after everything you've been yes. through to get to the playoffs and have this, you deserve better. It sucks. I was so excited when that, when, when we found that it was going to be an 8 o'clock game. Um, I'm going to need a cup of coffee probably at 7.30. And that's not how I thought it was going to be. You know, I figured, like, this would be the be- one of the best weekends ever. And I'm not an old. I'm older than Zach, but I'm not an old man like Zach. I'm worried for Monday night too. But it, it's just it, there's a there's a cloud. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to get a nap because I got to train this body for Sunday and Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just hope they keep it close. I hope that you don't have Al, you don't have Al and Chris, you know, talking about Turkey Jones or, or talking about stories of Terry Bradshaw by the fourth quarter. I hope that they can keep it a game. 
And that's where it sucks not to have your head coach because I don't know if Kevin Stefanski could do it. And maybe Van Pelt, maybe, I, I don't even know. Like, do they have the personnel to, to, cause this, to win this game right. with the personnel you have, you, Drake, you got to right. outthink them. There's the question of all things considered, can they keep it close? And then there's the question of, okay, they have. Now, how do they keep their composure? How do they stay in it? Right? Because right. even if you're sitting here disagree, disagreeing with us or calling us names or whatever, like we know the, the margin of error is really thin for one team in this game Sunday because they're not going to have their dudes. Like right. this is just reality. This isn't catching somebody sleeping in October limping to the bye week. This is the playoffs. The Steelers got ready for this. The Steelers right. essentially clinched the playoffs on Thanksgiving. Then they hit a little rut. Then they had last week to get ready. They did not bring dudes to Cleveland. Five dudes. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Right. It's absolutely amazing. And we all thought that when it became 2021 that the, the oddness and weirdness so look, of the year would go away. Look, um, and, and again, we, we can do a, a real you know, autopsy next week because it's not over. The Browns have had a great year. Even if last week would have gone off the rails and they wouldn't have recovered that onside kick or some crazy shit would have happened. The Browns have had a great year. The Browns are headed in a certain direction. And frankly, you could make the case that the Browns were the, played the best in the AFC North in the second half of the year. When you look at the first half of the year, that's huge progress. They're not the best. They're not the best. They're not the most dangerous. You could make the case that they played the best. You could. Baltimore would like to see you. That, yes. Yes, Baltimore, Baltimore would like to discuss Baltimore that. Played, we don't we don't really need to discuss that. Enjoy it, right? 18 years of demons are buried. We're, we're pretty confident they're not going to get up 17 and blow it. We know Butch Davis is not going to get to be one of the substitute coaches this week, so exhale on that. We'll see. <laughs> the Browns are playing in the playoffs. You. The Buckeyes are playing for the national title. It's a really welcome distraction. It's a really successful ride to a strange, strange football season. And both of us sit here and believe in all our opinions, tell you that the Browns are in a pretty good place. Yes, absolutely. And that's all that matters. To be completely honest, you just that's all that matters. They're in a good place. Let me ask you this. I'm just going to go through the NFL weekend. I'm just curious um, what you expect. I'm not saying you got to do the lines or anything like that. Um, but and I, I'll, I'll go through it. Starting off Saturday. One o'clock kickoff. The Buffalo Bills are back hosting the Colts. Do the Colts have the right style in your mind? Buffalo's minus six and a half is what I'm looking at right now. Uh, I'm doing a degenerate corner for the A to Z podcast. <laughs> I'm Zach Jackson. Um, what do you got, Bills hosting Colts? Yeah, I think this will be a really good game. I think it'll be a really high-scoring game. Uh, I think the Bills will win. I, I just think Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are making magic right now. And uh, I think Allen's stat line will end up being crazy. And the Bills will win a... 31-27, 34-27 type game. I like that. I saw somewhere, and I may be wrong, and I know if I am, you guys will tell me, but I saw somewhere that Allen, Josh Allen may have scored the most points in fantasy points this year. Yeah. Remember that, kids? Just saw that somewhere. Uh, and not only, you know what else? You mentioned what he and Diggs have done has been tremendous. But they've got, they've, they've developed a decent tight end, and they've developed a really good running game that we don't even talk about with Moss. I, you know, it's just weird that they've done it with not a ton of big names, uh, but they've they've got something cooking in Buffalo that's pretty good. Well, Let's Josh Allen is just that. he's taking a leap, right? They sure. they build around him, they kept the kid gloves on, and then all of a sudden this year they were off, and he's just really big and fast, and yeah. you have to defend every inch of the field because he can throw it there. Yeah, great point, great point. Um, 
And it sucks. I'll say it now. It sucks that there's an 8 o'clock game Sunday and Monday. It kills Ohio bars, Cleveland bars. I know some of you guys will have your own personal little parties and the things like that. Um, but it sucks for the bars and everything else. But as I, I say that, because I think about a game in Buffalo and how much we've made fun of the Bills Mafia over the last 20 years as they do their WWE stunts and everything else. Uh, I've driven through that parking lot. I've actually tailgated there before, way back when, when uh, Ricky Williams was a quarter, was a running back for the New Orleans Saints. I went to an opening day in Buffalo with a college buddy. Um, I, my thoughts are with all you Buffalo people. You guys are, you guys are like us. Uh, and I feel bad for the Bills Mafia because they would probably start tailgating right now. Right now. 1 o'clock kickoff. Tomorrow. Right now. <laughs> they really would. Yeah. Uh, 4 o'clock, 4.40 kickoff tomorrow. Seattle hosts the Rams. This is a uh, matchup from the NFC West. It'll probably be a game that will be within two to three points going into the fourth quarter. It is the three-point favorite for Seattle since they're at home. No idea who the Rams will start at quarterback. Uh, but it's a playoff game. Rams defense is one of the best in the game. Seattle's defense is playing really well right now as well. Yeah, you know, I don't I, – I really – because I've been in, in this Browns bubble, I really know nothing about right. Jared Goff's status. Um Huge Russell Wilson fan. It don't matter. It don't matter, Zach. He stunk. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you can't play John Wolford in a freaking playoff game and expect to have a chance. So Wake Forest finest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, I think the total on that game is only like forty-one. Russ Wilson ain't losing to John Wolford. I I would say that. And then what's uh, what's Saturday night? The other oh. The NFC East on Saturday now. night because of Tom Brady. Ugh. Yeah, Washington against Tampa. Hey, I'm going to say this before. I, I'm gonna, I'll say my part first. Tampa is an eight-point favorite. I think Washington will cover, not win, cover, because I think Tampa Bay is going to have problems with that front seven of Washington, especially the front two of Sweat and our guy from Ohio State. Look, the only thing that shuts down or slows down Tom Brady is a pass rush when you don't have to blitz. What does Washington do well, and they do without a blitz? Yeah, no, that, that defensive front has, has gotten them here, um, and that certainly is an area to watch. So um, I would really love Colts-Bills to be the night game, but is what it is. I'll agree. Give me the Bucks in a close one, like uh, like a 24-19 type of game. Yeah. I don't even know that. I just don't know how Washington, I just don't know how Washington will score night. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Sunday uh, early, Sunday, Baltimore and Tennessee, right? Yep. Baltimore's three-point favorite on the on the road. Wow. Um, I'm going to stop short of saying lead pipe lock on the over, but there should be a lot of points. <laughs> Baltimore last year in the yeah. playoffs against Tennessee ran 96 plays and by several flukes only scored two times. Um, this Tennessee yeah. defense stinks, but they're really good on offense. They're at home. Um, I'll take Baltimore 35-31. All right. I, yeah, I, I think Baltimore puts 40 on him and blows them out, makes Mike Vrabel realize he's got to get a defensive coordinator and some defensive players going forward because they got everything else. Uh, 4 o'clock on Sunday, Saints will take on the Bears. Saints 10-point favorites. Uh, this is the Nickelodeon game. Uh, that will be very interesting because uh, what's Miller? Miller from, uh, from Denver Broncos. He's hosting it like on Nickelodeon. <laughs> When there's all kinds of bad rumors. Well, it's not only on Nickelodeon. It. Let's keep that in mind. I it's, know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Can I, can I say something though real quick? Yeah. The NFL has worked. The NFL's made it work, Zach. Because I can tell you this. We were riding in the car Monday, and the kids, and the kids because they watch Nickelodeon, 
they asked, are the Browns playoff, my, my daughter and son, are the Browns playoff game, is it going to be on Nickelodeon? And I chuckled. And Jen looked at me and was like, Jen looked and she goes, there's no playoff games on Nickelodeon. And I go, actually, hon, there is. Hey, the NFL is doing something. This is a sidebar. I know I don't want to watch, but I got a pretty good feeling one of my TVs will be on Nickelodeon at 4 o'clock on Sunday. Why? Because my 6-year-old and 8-year-old want to see how they do the game because they've seen it promoted on Nickelodeon. So hats off to Nickelodeon for getting interest of kids. Will it hold? We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Um, Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs. Uh, Mitch, I'm not going to say nothing bad about you because I like you as a person. Yeah, you know, we don't have time to do it now, but we've had this, we've broached this discussion and we'll have it again because it applies to all sports. It's not Mitch's fault he got picked number two in the draft, right? No, no. You're right. You're absolutely right. I feel bad for him. I do. Yeah. And when now, I that being said, he sucks. Damn, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to tell the truth, we're going to tell the truth. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ain't got a chance. Stay healthy, Mitch. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, we've already gone over Sunday night. Monday night, Buckeyes, Bama, what do you think? Uh, I want to. I want to take. You know, it's, it's, I got to think with my brain. My brain says Ohio State keeps it close early, but I think this, there's too many motors for it. I don't and look. They have struggled in pass defense, and I'm not just going that way. I, I don't want to say they've struggled, but they have struggled against the pass. Didn't yeah. Indiana go up and down the field throwing the ball? Didn't Northwest like? I, I, it's hard for me to see Alabama not throwing it unless because I, I agree with something you said earlier. I don't know if Alabama's quarterback is good or not. I you know, I just don't. I think he's all right. Um, well, he's certainly he's done a great best. job, yes. Um, yeah, but uh, so can, uh, see, I hate doing this. All right, can I just logged on, Dre. I'm can seeing Georgia. Alabama minus eight, 74 and a half. Um, take the over. Take yeah. the over in the you know national championship game. You know, uh, I almost said Gene Stallings. Bear Bryant and, and is rolling over in his grave with, with, over that <laughs> It's going to happen. Um, I, just, I don't know if Mac Jones is good enough. And you know what it comes down to? Ohio State, you have to hit him and hit him early. That's a, I, I got to take a Gerard Warren cut out of this. Hit the head, buddy, dead. That's the only chance they got. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame had a real defense. They did. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought Alabama left 17 points on the field in that game and wasn't really eager to make up for them, right? I think that I just think that'll be different. I, I think I honestly think we could be at 60 points by halftime in that game. So over 74 and a half to me is the hammer. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Got to go. Let me ask you one more thing. One more. Go let me ahead. ask you one thing. You're a Texas Longhorns fan. What do you think of the coaching situation? I was a Texas Longhorns fan 14 years ago, so. The last thing, the last thing, the two people on this podcast want to do is start bringing up shit we were involved with fourteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. That's a no, no, no. <laughs> and on that note, we'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you next week. Good to you. <laughs>